0: Welcome to the Marketing for Learning podcast. This is the only place in the world, probably, where you can learn everything that you need to know about applying marketing practices and thinking to the world of learning. So to quote my favorite piece of e-learning, let's get started. It's funny, right? Because no one has a favorite piece of e-learning.
1: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Marketing for Learning Podcast. Uh, You're lucky and you've got both of us today. So I'm Hannah Waddams, and I'm joined by Ashley Sinclair. Hello. So today we're talking about the RACE framework, and it is a model that um, resembles the sales funnel, really. So at the top, you're reaching your people, it's the awareness stage. They don't particularly know who you are at this stage they don't really know what you're offering but you're just getting their attention and then it takes them right down to being an advocate a, a brand ambassador almost um, and it's made up of four parts unsurprisingly it's another acron- acronym in marketing and it stands for reach act convert and engage So let's talk through each of those ash I think and say, kind of what each of them mean, because really they're just four more random words that a marketer has put into an acronym um, for us all to remember. Um, so I think, obviously, let's start at the beginning. We'll start with a reach. And it's it's capturing the attention of our learners, isn't it? It's for our audience, really. Learners, probably the r- wrong turn of phrase there. Capturing the attention of a cohort of people. So yeah. how do you think we, we'd best do that in a marketing for learning context?
0: Well, I think, you know, it's... I believe that this is our biggest problem. Actually, is that people don't know that uh, learning is the thing in the It's organization. Got a whole podcast
1: dedicated to it, yeah, <laughs> and
0: it's one of the most popular ones because I think, well, the fact that it's number one is up for debate, and maybe people <laughs> just start at the top. Um, but the reality is, in my opinion, I just we need to accept that people don't know about us, and that's okay. Instead of thinking, yeah, but it's really important to us as a function, so it should be important to everybody. Like, we need to start focusing on interrupting right and so this this funnel is a great example of how we can adjust our language and adjust our approach depending on you know what stage we believe our audience to be in so Reach is really just about getting attention in whatever way possible. You know, in the outside world, it might be big bullshit advertising. It might be billboards. It might be, you know, crazy people gyrating on, you know, whatever works to get attention. That, they're not trying to necessarily get you to buy their product when they're doing stuff like that, but they're making you stop. They're making you take pause for even a second to let let whatever the heck just happened to your brain absorb. That's what we want to be doing with that reach section really in my opinion yeah. is how can we interrupt? You know, it's not a going to send another email and talk about learning experiences, you know, how can your visuals represent that? How can you be in multiple places at the same time and start creating visual markers for people? You know, there's a lot of ways that we can do it. There's a lot of ways we can as a mm-hmm. function, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I always, for me, reach always. When I'm thinking, like, I'm just interrupting you, and I'm just getting your attention. I think about that trend that happened probably five years-ish ago. Uh, exhibitions where random companies would do like flash mobs. You suddenly hear the music, and you see loads of people dancing. It's like, what's going on here? Like, I'm at an exhibition about technology. Why, why is there people dancing? And it, it gets you to stop. Hmm. And everyone's like, Did you, yeah, you see mean... that? What's happening there? And it's just that capturing the attention. And then it's imagine what you do if we after had
0: that. a. If we had a, someone dressed as a pineapple or a dinosaur at Learning Tech this year, it would work. It would you know, work. people. If it was just a person running around like a, with a pineapple, dressed up as a pineapple, people would just be like, what the heck was that? They might yeah. not associate it with our brand because that would require a level of brand awareness. I'm not sure we've got, but they would remember the pineapple because well, it's odd.
1: Yeah, I, I spoke to a Learning Tech vendor um, that I saw their mascot wandering around Learning Tech the last time it was what was that 2020 I think that was the last learning tech there was and as soon as I started talking, I was like oh my god I saw that like I I saw you walking around and I was like what on that because it caught my attention because why was somebody walking around the like XL dressed up in this massive thing and actually my first thought was oh my god they must be so hot because that room gets so hot I was like that poor person inside that costume but it worked it captured my attention and it was what two years later I spoke to this company and I was like I did see that yeah so yes, yeah, so I think the, the
0: weakness there is that you've got the visual cue, but there's no link to the no business. No connection. So yeah. like it, it, if that would work in and of itself, if you then had other things, other visual cues that then alluded back to that first experience, hmm. so that first experience has got the attention. And then I guess that takes us nicely onto the next stages of the funnel where yeah. you know we're trying to get people to act, take action, do something. Yeah. You've got their attention. It's going to be a dwindling. Hmm? time so you know carpe diem make hay when the sun shine <laughs> and all that what do we do to make them act what What are we trying to do and you know
1: do we change our language how does that change oh it's absolutely i think it's absolutely that i think it, it goes from the look we're here to do this it's it goes to the uh come and see this it's not this stage, we're not telling them to go to the LMS. We're not telling them to log in here. We're not telling them to sign up now. It's come and learn more. It, yeah, it's, you've, we've got it's your attention the now. Bit. Yeah, now now come and find out a bit more. Uh, are you interested? Have we piqued your interest? Come and or find like out what we're talking about here. Using FOMO. I, yeah. I love FOMO.
0: Like ah, oh, other people are doing this, aren't you? Or you know, like I think this is the area where. Triggering emotions is really important. It's you know it's probably like you've got their attention, and yes, maybe you've triggered some emotions with that. But this bit where you really want someone to do something, they've gotta they've gotta buy into it. They've gotta connect with it yeah. for whatever reason, even if it's because they think they're gonna get something good out of it. There's still emotional drivers there around yeah. gratification, fulfillment, whatever. So you know that that I think makes sure the act. Section is really yeah. associated with that. What's in it for me? Triggering emotions, that side of things.
1: Absolutely, and I think it is. it FOMO is a great one to tap into, and it goes back to. I know we spoke about it. I think we spoke about it on another podcast. um Often people try to avoid the negative emotions, and actually, that's it's jealousy you're provoking. Then that is a negative emotion, but it's a great one to tap into as marketer. Yeah, it's, I think it should be avoided. Like, I said that in the podcast,
0: though. Like, there's so much uh, there. to be be used like you've got to get the the settings right and get the tone right but you know and like the other side of the coin joy of missing out jomo i like that too like you know like the quiet the quiet serendipity of staying home instead of going out to the frenetic nightclubs like you know there there's just there's a lot there that we need to make sure that we're using as part of that framework i think and especially on that second step that act
1: phase And then it's only then, once you've kind of got those emotions and you've got people a bit more... I don't want to use the word aware because that's obviously where reach is, but they know what you're doing. They understand what you're doing. Then you're going to talk about conversion, which is obviously the third step with Convert. You then want them to actually do something like log into the platform, sign up for the training course or the webinar, or do something that they're at. It's a committal stage, really it's mm. saying like no look i'm i'm really interested it's what we would call like the middle of the funnel in a marketing sense because that they're, they're giving you an indication that you know what i am interested in what you're doing here or what you're selling here or whatever yeah. you're offering i'm i'm committing to this i'm i'm interested i'm not going to give you my money or my time right now but i'm very much interested and that's yeah, where we are of- with the convert stage so it's like somebody logging into the learning platform but they've not taken a course yet are lurking yeah they're just having a
0: browse (laughs) we're asking for you know consistent commitment right so i guess like you know first level you're on tinder you're doing some swiping you're having a good time (laughs) you know and then at the act stage you've both swiped right you're having a little conversation you're doing the feelers you know the convert stage maybe you've been on a couple of dates or two you know you think oh this this is quite interesting you know there's enough here that i want to explore it further but am i ready to am i ready to be their girlfriend No, No. not yet because (laughs) I like what I see so far but I'm not ready to commit yet. Only at the very, very bottom of the funnel am I ready to, you know, put a ring on it and, (laughs) you know, make make it a part of my life, right?
1: And surely, like, if we carry on this whole dating analogy, you have to continue making that effort. Yeah. as a person that's pursuing it so as an L&D team or as a marketer you have to continue making the effort getting somebody to the learning platform or in a marketing instance it would be like to your website or something like that it's not enough to then just go ah oh, they're there now goodbye my job is done <laughs> like it's, it's not enough you need to carry on making the effort or yeah. you're never actually going to get anybody down to that engage element you're not going to get them to continually commit to what you're doing and what yeah. you're giving them yeah, because it's the, ring it. the same
0: as it is a relationship, right? <laughs> yeah, it is a relationship. It's not a romantic relationship. It's not even a platonic relationship. It's a weird, complicated relationship, <laughs> but it is still one. And you are, you know, it, it on some level, you are is asking for a transaction from this person through their time, through their actions, through their behaviors, through their thinking, whatever. If you're not giving them benefits, if they're not getting some level of reciprocity back from you they're not going to continue with that relationship. They're going to ghost you and they're going to go and put their energy somewhere else where they're going to get something back. Mm -hmm. This
1: dating analogy works great. It (laughs) is a great example, a really great example. And so you don't want somebody to ghost you. So you've got to continue putting that effort in and then when they're like absolutely madly in love with you, they're engaged and they're walking around telling all their friends how amazing you are. And that's the exactly. End it. You want be the Yeah. Suddenly,
0: <laughs> you, suddenly, your learners are doing your marketing for you because that word of mouth piece, that engaged bit, once they're actually getting some benefits, like you know, every every business has a cohort of hyper engaged learners. As far as far as I can see, go find the f- fabric of those people mm-hmm. and leverage their stories, leverage the components that work for them and understand why. Because if you can pull out some of that and tap into that and use them as conduits to encourage your learning in your organization, what you've got then is this wonderful circular pattern going ahead where you're putting effort into engaging with your learning, you're getting people to understand the value and the merits of it. But you've also got a group of people who are helping that to snowball and progress. And so Yeah, so it's like us having multiple marketing channels, right? Like I've got automation running around in the background over here. I've got some advertising here. I've got some email marketing. I've got my blogs going. I've got my SEO. That word of mouthpiece is is doing the work for you. You've you've put all that energy into getting them to that stage. The least they can do is uh, convert other people for you. And I think it all comes
1: back to as well, regardless of what way you cut it, no matter how good your marketing is, People trust people more than they trust a brand. Oh, yeah. So if my mate said to me, "Han, I've just tried this new foundation, go try it. I probably would. If I saw their advert and it was saying to me, it's gonna, it's great for if you've got dry skin and this and that and the other, and it hits all my marks, I'll still be a bit like, yeah, but you want me to buy it? So you've got like an ulterior motive to telling me that you're going to hit all these things. But if my friend who's got no like attachment to the brand tells me to do it, well, then I'm going to do it. And it's exactly the same thing with your learners. Because your friend
0: might have attachment to the brand. I mean, I think we should do a conversation about yeah. branding at some point. But they don't
1: know that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And they're not they're not gonna benefit out of it financially, are they? No. It's no, like no. us with the um we always say about the remarkables, the notebooks we use. I should be on a commission structure for them because they are the best thing ever, and I think five or six people have bought them because I've said how brilliant they are.
0: Same with me and Canva. I'm, every time oh, I introduce God, yeah. a wrench in Canva, I'm like, they're not paying me to say this. I just like it, yeah. you know. But that's it. Like the advocacy. There's a reason why G two Crowd, uh, things like Glassdoor, TripAdvisor, Capterra, like, these exist because people value the feedback from an unvested impartial person mm-hmm. versus a business there I don't have the stats in front of me but usually I might I'll, I'll dig these out and I'll um I'll include them in the show notes but there are some really great and compelling data to support what you've just said around user-generated content actually mm-hmm. having uh much more impact in marketing campaigns and actually much more influential influential in
1: terms of people making decisions around a purchase Well, that's why there's such a big thing about influencer marketing now, isn't there? I think there's so much about user-generated content and influence that I think it should be a podcast in itself, don't you, Ash?
0: Yep. (laughs) I think that's uh to to (laughs) add it to the list of 50,000 things that we want to talk to everybody about. So, Han, if I was someone in L&D right now and I... Like, okay, this is interesting. I'm, I'm, I am I want to put a, a sales funnel on my learners and apply that and look at how that framework would work from a, a journey, like a buyer's journey perspective. Where, where do I start? Can I just literally do it today or, like, do I need to do some reading? What would you suggest?
1: Oh, I'd absolutely do it today. Start now. Take action. Do it yesterday. <laughs> yes. Um, I th- well, we'll make sure that we include the actual model in the show notes because I think actually seeing the funnel... I love a podcast, but I think sometimes seeing things makes it a lot easier. So we'll make sure that we include the funnel in the show notes for you guys. But I think really, as we said in the beginning of the podcast, find the cohort of learners you're talking to, because if you've got a massive cohort, it's not going to target all of them, pick out that, that persona and then work through the stages think about what's going to resonate with them where where they hang out i know we spoke about that in uh the four Ps podcast where are they going to be how are you going to reach them and then think about what's going to resonate with them their emotional drivers and what really hits them when you're working your way down the funnel um but i think it is a case of just trying um i think i've probably said this in pretty much every podcast i've been on so far don't worry about failing just give it a go try if it doesn't work try something else and um, what works for your learners won't work for mine and vice versa you need to try and test and find the right thing that works for you guys and um, I think we've given you a lot of uh, tips and things to think about because I could tell you okay in the reach stage you need to go and make a video and actually you then will find out that none of your learners would ever watch a video so I can't give anyone the perfect answer without knowing your unique personas and your unique audience but really think about what's gonna grab their attention and then funnel their way through to actually become advocates of whatever you're offering them.
0: Yeah, I think that's all like super valid and the, you know, testing thing is so important. I think like we've gotta just be okay with not getting it right the first time, every time. Like it is what it is. But Something I was just thinking when you were talking there is how interwoven so much of what we're already speaking to is. You know, you can't just doing personas isn't going to take you very far if you're then not going to use that segmentation to talk to people differently and use those different buying stages to adjust your language even further and adjust your approach even further. So, you know, if we're looking at, you know, emotional connections, the the four P's, the sales funnel... Like even just those things and personas, which is coming soon, those things alone have to work concurrently and in tandem in order to make what you're doing be the most effective. Yes, targeting, segmenting that will be better than talking to everybody exactly the same. But you're only really scratching the surface. And I think that was the parting thought I wanted to give to the audience today was that you know, this stuff needs to, it can't be, it shouldn't be done in isolation. Um, and the more that you can start to adjust your mindset to start to think this way about your audience, putting them at the core of everything that you're doing and having an a, a, an, a crazy desire to truly understand them and their foibles and what motivates them, it's, it's only going to elevate what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. So I think on that note, we'll wrap up this podcast and we'll say we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us, guys. Absolutely.
0: And of course, if you like what you're listening to, don't forget to subscribe to us via Spotify or Apple. Spread the word as well, guys. We're a new podcast and, you know, Sharon's caring and all that. So if you've learned something new, let other people know. Be our advocates. Use the uh, (laughs) E of race. See what we're doing there.